Welcome to This Week in 40K, 40K. your daily dose of all things Warhammer 40,000. 40, Each day, Monday through Friday, we explore the Warhammer 40,000 tournament scene and bring you the latest news, updates, and opinions. We'll be diving into the latest developments in the 40K tournament community, discussing results from events, new releases, and upcoming events, and interviewing some of the biggest names in the world of Warhammer 40,000. So, whether you're a seasoned veteran or a newcomer to the hobby, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us as we delve into the world of 40K. Here's your host, Mufasa. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode Today we have a new segment that we're hoping to do every week called Bets On. In this segment, we will be going through the biggest event in the upcoming weekend with professional bookmaker for 15 plus years, George White, who will be giving us the odds for which team's going to win, which lists are favorites, and all that sort of jazz. George, you've been playing 40K for a long time. You've been a professional bookie for a long time too. Thanks for coming on the episode. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, I would like to give some of my insight. Um, as I said, I've been playing 40K for, what, close to 30 years, um, on and off, you know, through my teens. Um, and that's my professionalism is I'm a bookie. So, yeah, and, and the thing is, we're seeing a lot of, obviously, new media coming up in the 40K space, lots of people doing stats after events, which is obviously a big 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 sector of the sort of content space at the moment but what we're not seeing apart from the thursday show with frontline which just sort of reviews the list is anyone taking a sort of sporting look at it so obviously the all of these um odds and uh guesses about who's going to win are entirely unofficial we are not actually operating as a bookmaker we're taking no bets this episode is entirely for entertainment purposes and uh, we're thrilled to have you on hopefully we'll get you back on a regular basis so in today's episode, we will be covering the ITT. The ITT stands for the International Team Tournament. It's one of our own UKTC events, and it will be running this weekend in Northampton. It is a 64-player, five-player team, sort of 64-team, five-player event, so 310 players registered at the moment with two teams dropping. The event's going to be in Northampton and is six rounds using UKTC terrain. Now, with the name the International Team Tournament, we're going to get started by looking at some of the international teams in attendance. So, primarily the event is being attended by UK clubs and teams, but we do have a few national teams coming. We're going to start off by comparing the differences in their faction choices. So, we have Poland in attendance. Poland are bringing Dark Angels, Guard, GSC, Necrons and Quins. We obviously have England in attendance. England are bringing Chaos Demons, Necrons, Custodes, Dark Angels, and Vortan. And we have two teams from the Netherlands, but we're just going to cover the one which we think is the strongest today. And they have Chaos Demons, Grey Knights, Iron Hands, Vortan, and Quins. So, George, there's some noticeable differences here. Some duplicates, for example, two teams taking uh, Dark Angels, two teams taking, ne- uh, taking Harlequins. Uh, two teams taking Votan. So what do you think are the, the pros and cons of some of these choices? How are these sorts of things going to be affecting the potential odds that these teams might have at uh, taking home the gold? 
Okay, yeah. Um, well, Dark Angels for me, and obviously all my odds are my own opinion. So, like, obviously other people will agree or disagree with what I'm going to say or what what I think. But um, I think Votan is an interesting one. I really do believe that they're one of the worst factions. I've tested them personally. Um, they've got some of the worst secondaries in the, in the entire game. Um, I get that they've got a lot of firepower, etc., um, and can shoot people off the table if they can see. You know, they need, they need to see these targets in order to do that. Um, and I, I believe they're the weak link, the Votan. Uh, we've got Matt for England using them, who's a, obviously a very skilled player. Um, but I just can't I just can't see them performing at the highest level uh, next to an army like Guard, which I'm surprised that they took Votan over Guard, Team England. Indeed, um, indeed. And interesting, you mentioned that Matt's playing it. So, for example, um, Team Poland, we have um, Bumbo, one of our typically referees playing as captain of that team. He's obviously not refereeing because uh, we can't have a uh, playing ref, <laughs> but he's very experienced with our terrain as a result of attending all our events, whereas Matt obviously doesn't attend our events, so has less experience on them. Netherlands guys used to attend more and they've sort of dropped off a little bit at last season. So, you know, maybe there's going to be a terrain advantage there with the, uh, the Polish selections, things like GSC being able to move block turn one, Dark Angels obviously being very strong with how our staging terrain is set up. Uh, Guard obviously being able to hang back and fire long distances. So, um, you know, perhaps terrain is going to play play into these uh, odds a bit later on. What I've been told and what I've heard is that the, the, the Polish are very, they take these things very seriously, these kind of team tournaments. And I'm, I'm sure, and I've, been, I've actually been informed that they've been practicing nonstop um, in the past few weeks. Indeed, indeed. And, um, and- I know that they are very strong on on TTS, and obviously, um, shout out to uh, Chris Patterson who maintains our UKTC maps on TTS. Um, doing a great service to anyone that likes to practice on there. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't. One thing I don't agree with is Matt. Matt's been playing on on your terrain um, set for for a number of years. Um, I know there's been slight changes to it, but I, I would say he's, he's he's very experienced on it as well. Even though in recent months or whatever he's not been at the tournaments but he's been playing on it for so many years now okay i think england team will if anything will have the terrain advantage because it's what they're accustomed to be playing for the past you know what five or six years we've had like a similar terrain set up yes yeah and actually if we look at the breadth of their team they are all people with a strong UKTC presence obviously we've got Alex Harrison Chris Kinner Josh Roberts Manny Chima and Matt Robertson so um, you know there is a lot of reps in that team Um, if we just continue to touch on the um, team makeups so we have in the Netherlands team Chris Clayton playing Demons Dick van der Haast playing Grey Knights, Dino Kerr playing Iron Hands, Justin Jensen playing Voltan, and Rude Steinbecker playing Harlequins. Now, Rude, Dino, and Dick all are very well-practiced on UKTC terrain as well. Um, Dick took home, I believe, best Necrons in the UKTC season last year. And, uh, you know, Rude is a sort of a regular on our circuit. So, you know... Maybe the team England have the terrain advantage there, but I wouldn't count the Netherlands out just yet. Yeah, with Netherlands, obviously Rude is he's been a, he's been like a captain or a vice captain for them for for I think close to a decade. So mm. his team experience is is huge. Um, and you touched on Dick Dick's. I think he's, from what I know and from what I remember, he's only ever played Necrons. As long as I know I know Dick quite well. I've met him at a few tournaments in Amsterdam, and even when Necrons were were the bottom army 
in in the entire game, he was still using them. Still performing well. Well, in our episode yeah, yesterday, you know, we were he, talking he about. There's no one that will know that that faction more than what he does. Mm. You know, so. Well, and as, as we know, they have improved in recent times. Nick One's a recent slight nerf to them, but they're still good in the team environment, I believe. Well, I believe he was playing Grey Knights, so uh, he's maybe making an error by departing from his. Wow. Um, okay. Okay. I missed that. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. He's playing Grey Knights. Well, that's the first. Yeah. It's like I've said, I've I've known him for for many years, and I've only ever seen him with Necrons. Yeah. So that's an interesting decision. I just presumed he was because he's always used Necrons. I just took it for granted that he'd be using Necrons. Exactly. And that must must be a deliberate choice because, as we covered in the factions overview a second ago, Poland and England have both taken Necrons and the Netherlands have not. So given that Dick has experience with this faction, this may have been a explicit and deliberate choice for the team setup. So Yeah, he must have made that decision himself, I would imagine, because obviously he knows the faction so well. So he's probably said, look, I'd be more comfortable with Grey Knights than, than an army that he knows so well. So yeah. that's interesting. Exactly. Potential kink in the works. So let's move on to the odds. Um, before we do the rundown, um, why don't you give us a bit of background um, about what goes on in the mind of a professional bookie when you are making odds? What sort of considerations do you think about, whether it's in football, tennis, 40K? What, what, what are you thinking about when you're reviewing um, a tournament or a matchup um, when you come to so, create the so first thing you take into consideration is how how many teams are or how many you know um, players are there that you can price up. So obviously the more there are, um, and how skill based the sport is. So if it's a complete game of poker, for example, um, the odds would be more random. You know, like because anyone could win that. But in a forty k team environment, I believe is very skill based. So I've only identified, in my, this is obviously in my opinion, maybe seven or eight teams that I think have a chance of winning it. Mm-hmm. Beyond then seven or eight, I, I believe it will be a massive shock to everyone. Okay. If one of, the, one of the rest can actually pull it off. So what I genuinely do is I pick a favourite who I believe will, will be the team that will win at the end. So that's just my belief. And then I get two or three that I think will be competing against that team. And then I keep the odds, you know, competitive among the top four or five. And then you'll see like a massive gap after that for the next three or four teams. Interesting, interesting. And obviously anyone that follows sports booking knows that sometimes the odds in those type of environments are set in order to encourage more bets. That's obviously not something we'll be doing because, you know, we're not a bookmaker. We're just giving you... Yeah, I don't have a license to actually take the bets. So the only way it could work is if it was done for a charity purpose. Yeah. I would have to get permission for my for my employer, etc. So it wouldn't. <laughs> on this occasion, um, we're just doing it for fun, right? Exactly, right. So let's get into the odds. We're going to start in reverse order. So we're going to go through um, six teams, top six favourites, um, and we will start off with the Mind Goblins. George, why don't you tell us a little bit about why the Mind Goblins are your sixth favourite team and how you've arrived at your odds for this team. Okay, the Mind Goblins, well, what it was, I had six obvious ones, six obvious teams, and I wanted to add one more after the six that I, I picked up. So I actually asked a couple of friends who would be like a real dark horse team. Um, and someone actually mentioned that Mind Goblins could be, could be an interesting bet. They've got a couple of guys in there that have, that have podiumed in the past. Um, 
and they were they were they were tight to tight bunch as far as I know. I don't know them actually as well as I know the other teams, to be honest. Mm. But I just listened to someone else on that one and I wanted one more team. So I'd mark them up at sixteen to one. Sixteen so to one. So very much an outsider. So for anyone that's listening who isn't familiar with UK betting odds, uh sixteen to one, that means ten pounds wins you how much, George? So ten pounds will get you you'll win hundred and sixty. So your return will be hundred and sixty pounds plus your ten pounds that you, you bet on. So, so very will be 170. A yeah, a big long shot. Okay. But reviewing the Mind Goblins team now, obviously the name is going to be unfamiliar to people because I think it is literally just a team name for this event as opposed to a club team name. We have um, Adam Lane and Dom Maidlow, who are probably two of the more familiar names on that list. Adam and Dom both got invitations to the Unconquerable Invitational last year. UKTC uh, runs a invitational for anyone that's got undefeated in one of our events each season. So both of those players went undefeated at at least one of our events last year. So clearly players of good calibre. They are playing Astro Militarum and Jokari, respectively. And then we have James Shapiro, with Votan, Nicholas Willingale with GSC, and Seb Morgan with Iron Hands. So, if we're looking at their faction choices, maybe a little bit of outside choices on Jakari and um, Votan, but Votan have obviously been chosen by some of the top teams. Yeah, maybe well. maybe every a few teams are, are picking these Votan. It's an army that I actually own as well, and I'm I'm surprised. I'm going to be really interested to see what the win rate is for that for that faction. Yeah, because um, I just I just don't rate it myself. You know, personally, but um, maybe I can be proved wrong. I'd love to be proved wrong because it's one of my favourite factions. But um, indeed, indeed, and maybe it's a case of players not reading the pack and assuming there's going to be a light board and Voltan will be able to shoot somebody off. Whereas our pack this year does not contain heavy and light boards. We're using our standard GT terrain pack, and uh, you know it's pre- fairly. Well balanced. Yeah, I mean, they would they would like a light board with first turn, I guess, if they could pick a light table, but that's not the case. And then for me, they're even weaker than what they would be in a normal team environment. Exactly. Dom is solid, though. Dom, I know Dom um, is a solid player, and he's got Trakari. He's not to be underestimated. I think he'd be their top scorer in that team. Okay. All right, you heard it here first, Dormelo, top scorer on the 16-1 to 1 Mind Goblins. Next up, we have the Warmasters, I believe the officially the third best team in the world. Didn't they come third in the ITC last year? Uh, we have the Warmasters in there at 12-1. to 1. George, give us a bit of a rundown on why the Warmasters have come in as your sixth favorite team. Well, like you just mentioned, they obviously done very well as a team last year. And I believe a lot of these players attend almost all of your events throughout the year so they're all they're all actual regulars um to the terrain and to these this tournament style um and they're a close bunch as well um so i think they'll be united very well um the captain is james which is interesting um I, I i'm not sure that i would have james as captain if i could pick but i don't know what the reasoning behind I believe James is, is um, the most well-organized person on that team. Oh, really? <laughs> my so my, my estimation would be that he is there primarily as you know a coordinating uh, captain. Um, the rest of the team is made up of Edward Morgan with GSC, Julio with his Jukari, Gilliam with Thousand Sons, James the captain with Adeptus Astartes, and Jamie Balcon playing God, I really Matt. like the faction choices that they've done as well. Like mm-hmm. Thousand Sons, I, I still rate Thousand Sons as one of one of the top factions personally. Um, Jakari, you've got a, well, obviously, 
Julio has to take Jokari because that's that's just his thing, right? He, I think he was the number one player in the world for Jokari last year in the ITC. Um, Indeed. Yeah. So, but and then you've got Astra Militarum, Gene Steeler Cole, and Adaptus Astartes, which I think are three very, very strong factions. Exactly. Now. And so no, it's not just Jokari who, who is being piloted by a faction specialist. With Julio, we ha- also have um, Gilliam, only plays Thousand Sons. And prior to Jamie taking home, um, I believe, best custodians in the world last year, he was also a long-time guard player. So quite... Quite. I've, I've given them a very generous 12 to 1. I think looking over it again and actually speaking about them to you, I think 12 to 1 is, is a value bet there with that with that side. So someone um, looking for an outside bet. You know. Yeah, they're, they're a good dark horse team, I think. A lot okay. of experience, a close group, you know, a lot of experience on that on this particular terrain and set up as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'll be looking out for them as a top scorer in that team. Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Jamie. Jamie with your Militarum, yep. Okay. All right. And now we move on to Tide for, uh, I guess, fourth favorite team, both on four to ones. We have VT and the Netherlands. VT, obviously, Stephen Box's Vanguard tactics. So instead of uh, telling us why uh, you've given these, both these guys four to one, George, why don't you tell us what makes these teams equal in your estimation? Well, personally, I, I I did put Vanguard Tactics with a six to one. I originally marked them until I actually saw the team selections and that and looked through it and looked at the lists. I think James Ramsey being added to the team is a massive bonus for them because um, Ramsey's been known for his list writing over the years. And, you know, he's not scared to, you know, to make really strong, I wouldn't say broken lists, but really competitive lists over the years. And one one criticism that I could have with the Vanguard tactic players over time and boxes were known for this is that he doesn't like taking all these really top broken stuff. But having James within that mix, he will I think he will encourage them to, you know, take more competitive options and take it more seriously. Um and looking through the looking through the players, you've got you've got some real good players in there. Like Ben Jones has really improved his game in the last couple of years. Um he's he's always in the mix. You know, five and O's, or you've done very well in LVO as well. Um, obviously, box. Everyone knows box. Um, he's got world eaters, which is interesting. I think from the testing that I've seen with world eaters, they're a really strong first turn army. So they're a nice coin tossed army. When they go first, they can they can do some immense pressure on opponents. Mm. So it's a surprise that he's gone with those over over his normal elder, um, which he's been using in recent times. But I know that Box normally he normally goes towards like a, a close combat army. Um, he likes his close combat stuff, so I can see World Eat is suiting him quite well. And he has Obviously, gone for the pressure list. You know, lots of eight bound. He got three units of eight bound, three units of exalted eight bound. I think that's of- the only list you can take with him, pretty much. That's that is World Eat is for you in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, so, but I think w- w- when they go first, they can beat anyone. But they they do they can struggle. If, if there's other fast armies that can go first and, you know, um, against them and get some angles in. Yeah, and, you know, we very much haven't seen the data on them yet. So um, we've gone through the VT lists. They have Yunari, Dark Angels, Custodes, Guard and World Eaters. Very strong faction choices there. Now let's give it a quick compare and comparison to that Netherlands team we went through earlier. So 
to pull up their lists once again. We have Chris with Demons, Dick with Grey Knights, Dino with Iron Hands, Justin with Votan, and Rude with Quince. Now, very different faction choices here. How much have you accounted for that, given the fact that you've given both of these guys the same odds, George? How can we do that when you know they're clearly very different teams playing from different matters, different compositions of people, and different compositions of, of factions? How can we realistically say that they're both even? I just think that it would be a great... I'd love to see them two play each other because I, I honestly wouldn't be able to call it between them two teams. Um, and, I, and like I said, Ramsey was would be the difference for me. Him being added to the Vanguard team, I think can really, really help them. Um, just on, their, on the pairings as well, I'd imagine that Ramsey, if Box is smart, he would allow Ramsey to do the pairings because that's what, that's what I'd be looking to, um, to actually do, to, to sort that out. Yeah, um, I mean, we've talked. I couldn't a lot. call it. I honestly couldn't call it between them two teams. Indeed, indeed, and we've we've talked a lot about player skill when we've been reviewing some of these team lineups, but we haven't talked much yet about player experience at the team level. Team Netherlands, obviously, a national team. You would expect them to have more experience and more practice at team on team pairings than primarily a singles based team like VT. So maybe that will, uh, you know, be well, the that's edge. That's why they've got Ramsey, hasn't they? You ain't, you ain't got a lot more. Um, he is very. You can't really find a more experienced guy than than what he is. You know, he used to write all the lists for Team Wales back when I was part of that before we moved over to England. And I believe he had a big, a big has a big input in the Team England list selections as well. One of mm. the main list writers for them. Okay. Well, best of luck to both of those teams. We now move on to the three favourites. So two of these teams we've already touched on before, Poland and England. We'll see which one comes out on top in a second. But let's quickly touch on another team close to your heart. You've given Dice Down, your own team, a two to one odds, George. Why don't you quickly talk us about talk to us about the major changes in the Dice Down lineup for this event? Yeah, so originally I was part of this team, but unfortunately um, I, I had some family issues, so I had to drop out for this weekend. So we've they got one proxy in there, which I'm, I don't want to be sitting here criticising my own team, but you know they got in a proxy guy, and the guy Brian is, I would say, the top top two orc players in the world. You're talking about here, and then they've they've given him a faction against my advice that he's never used before. So you've got arguably the best orc player in on the planet in your team. And then you've forced him to use another faction completely, which he's not comfortable with. So some he's questionable choices there by team captain David Gaylord. David, obviously, I mean, very strong I mean, it player. Could, uh, it, could be, it could be a masterstroke. Like, he's, he's overall, the, you know, the Marines that he's picking, I, I think he's got iron hands, mm. are stronger faction overall than orcs. So if he's a good enough player to actually adjust to another army, but I think it's a huge risk. Yeah, you know, and having him in there, you know, with that. Well, let's take a quick look through his list. Brian has been playing Tau very successfully as well, so it's Orcs and Tau. He's he's got some experience with so a shooting based faction. So we'll do a quick rundown of Brian's list. Brian is obviously um, famous for winning the massive Leicester Super Major last year or the year before last. Um, uh, but mind me, what did he use when he won that? He did win Orcs, but. <laughs> We'll take a look at his Iron Hands list. They have uh, March of the Ancients, uh, Hero of the Chapter Times 2, Relics, Warlord Traits. So he's starting off with zero CP. Um, his list is titled, I hope Iron Hands are better than Orcs, which uh, <laughs> very much touches on what we've just been discussing. So he's got a Tech Marine, a Lieutenant, 
two sets of five infiltrators, some vanguard vets with all the lightning claws. Scouts, scouts, a dread, three land speeders, lots of devastators, two scores of, er of eradicators, a gladiator, a reaper, a couple more speeders, and a drop pod. What do you rate this list as? The list is very good. It's optimized. Um, I know he's been practicing it on um, tabletop in the past week. Um, he's been playing Vic quite a bit, um, for example. Um, and he's been he's been a bit hit and miss with it. He's not been winning all the games as expected. Um, it's like fifty percent hit, you know, win rate with it with the army so far, as far as I'm aware of what I know. So I, he he's the one that I've targeted as the the weak link in the bunch. Um, even though he's far from a weak player, we all know how great he is. But I just think it's a massive gamble with the faction selection. I'd be a lot more comfortable with him with Orcs, personally. And you have still given Dice Down a two to one odds. So a favourite for sure. Um, well, it's just two two of their players, I believe, are, are two of the, the best players in the tournament. Um, arguably two of the best. Obviously, they're within the top five or six. There's others um, that can compete with them. I'm but, assuming you're referring here to David and Vic. Yeah. The rest of the team is made up by Boris Michev, who is also playing World Eaters. And then we have David, as discussed, and Jim Bessie, a Drakari specialist. So given we've just gone through Boxy's uh, World Eaters list, and that was a little bit of a surprise, why don't we take a quick look at uh, Boris's World Eaters list and see if there's any interesting differences there. He has also gone for three sets of Exalted 8-bound, three sets of regular 8-bound. He has slightly more Berserkers and a Demon Prince, but otherwise the core of that list is very much the same. So... We'll have to see which um, which one comes out on top. Um, it's kind of hard to write a different list for for that faction. Now. I think that they're very limited. Yes, with their data sheets in there, so you kind of it's kind of all looks the same, really, from what I've seen so far. I played yeah. Boris a couple of test games uh, last week, actually, at his place um, with my Imperial Knights, and it was completely one sided, depending on who went first. So when he went first, he absolutely got right into my face so, so quickly. I couldn't even backline and stay away. And where I wasn't bonded, he just removed removed half my army, turn one, pretty much. And had okay. more control. And then the same thing happened when I went first. I was able to bond up my knights, take take a good table presence, good board control. And I, I, I won easily back. So it was just like a first turn win game, basically. Interesting. So Boris has been practicing with his World Eaters. He's also very handily given us a friendly bio at the top of his list. So we'll give that a quick read before we move on to our <laughs> top two teams. Boris has written, multiple GT winner, past LVO top eight finisher, ITC top 10 finisher, gaming cafe proprietor, and overall hobby top guy. Boris Michev returns from retirement for a rare 40k appearance. Duty and honor to the Dice Down badge have called and he has answered. It's not his world-renowned Void Scarabs, Red Scorpions, or even the legendary Bad Moon Orcs. A new unstoppable force enters the fray with power, ferocity, and unbridled aggression that can only be the Eaters of Worlds. <laughs> Boris is always a, a nice guy to add a bit of spice to the mix. Uh, we wish him the best of luck. Now, moving on to our top two teams. We have Team England and Team Poland. You have ranked Poland as your favourites for this event with a 5-4 to four, and England as a 2-1. to one. We touched on their factions earlier, but why don't you tell us a little bit about why you've chosen Poland as your favourites? 
I just think they're 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 a really serious team. Um, they the practice will be the reps they would have got in. Um, what I've heard will be like loads of practice. Um, obviously they're very skilled in the team environment. I've looked over their lists and they're very strong. Um, also, um, I just if if I was to bet myself, <laughs> I know they're the favourites. So you you so five to four, you know ten pounds won't get you much back. You'll get like twenty two pounds back. Mm. from that you know so it's not a lot of value but i mean you're better off putting 10 pounds on a five to four and winning than putting 10 pounds on a 16 to one and losing exactly so <laughs> they would be my bet so that's that's why i've, I've put them as favorites um yes yeah, so and team poland obviously coming from a meta that is almost entirely team-based uh poland has basically one tournament a month and i believe uh, 10 out of those 12 are all team tournaments they wow. sort of they go mm. around the country um now we spoke to Manny Chima last week about his winning Dark Angel list. Their Team Poland's team captain is also playing Dark Angels. We'll take a little look at that and see how it compares to a singles list. So he has two Talamasters, Azure and a Chaplain on Bike, a squad of infiltrators, an apothecary, a big black knights plasma squad, a slightly smaller black knights plasma squad, some servitors, a couple of attack bikes couple of more speeders so still the very the core of um speeders for your secondaries but leaned very heavily into damage output and speed in his black knights as opposed to resilience and um ward control with manny's terminators george how do you think this list um compares to the terminator list do you think it's very much a team list that's being built for a skew or do you think it's just generally a better list um, I think Manny's is a better singles list, um, personally. But I think Dark Angels are, are the are the are, are the top faction at the moment. So, whatever style you go with them, whether you go you know mix of Terminators or you know all bikes or whatever you do with them, you can't really go a lot wrong. To be honest with you, mm. um, very easy. Manny's to score, list is more balanced, I think. Mm. Where Manny's... if you go all bikes, there are some some armies that could do well into that where Manny's is just so well-rounded. Exactly. So, you know, Manny spoke a lot about how he had redundancy in his secondary choices, so was able to reliably score uh, very highly. And then obviously the resilience of the Terminators. He's certainly the guy in, out of the Team England players, Manny's the guy that I've identified as the, the beast in the team, that beast. I think he will be the highest scorer um, within that team. Not just because of his skill level, but you know, there's, a lot, there's other skill players within that team. But the faction and the list that he's picked... Um, he's going to be very hard to beat no matter what you're using. All right, well, let's quickly touch on that. Manny has taken Dark Angels as well. Let's see if it, what the differences are between his... We spoke to him last week about what he might change about his singles list, and obviously we just covered the team list by Pumba. Manny has taken two Talamasters, what a surprise there. And then he has gone for Bladeguard Ancient, Apothecary, 30 Terminators and some speeders. So he's actually done the opposite of what he spoke to us about last week, where he said he was going to drop some Terminators, and he's taken even more. So very different lists, but obviously Manny has the experience from his last weekend playing this list. The difference here is, of course, we have completely different terrain. So it will be interesting to see how they perform. What else? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, he won. Did he win the Bournemouth GT with this? Did he? That, he did indeed. Yes. It yeah. was him and a Demons player who both went six and zero. Yeah, and him saying that he's going to drop some tournament. That's typical, Manny. Yeah, the mind games have already started <laughs> before he submitted. Um, he, he loves a mind game. Um, 
but yeah, the list is is absolutely solid all the way through. Um, yeah. So talking about winning, yeah, sorry, go on. Talking about mind games, we've obviously just covered player skill. We've also covered lists. How much do the non forty k related aspects of competitive forty k weigh into your predictions for who's going to be favourite, who's going to be outperforming, who's going to be underperforming? Is this the sort of thing you think about? Given that you know teams are very closed environments, there's a lot more chances to surprise other teams in the meta game choices. You know, fool them into thinking you're taking one thing and then taking another. How much do you do you try to take that into account, or is it impossible to quantify? Uh, no, I think I think you do take things like that into account. Like you know, when you when you're when you're one of the top players, that is anyway. When you're one of the top players and you're going to a tournament, you're normally looking at who's attending the tournament and roughly what they're going to use. And you know, if you can tweak your list slightly to have like more tools against that specific thing. So, for example, manage using thirty terminators. So some people think I need I need to be able to clear these terminators to stand a chance. So they will they will get in more tools that can deal with it. So one of the mind games that he used is I'm going to drop a load of Terminators so that people may not bring as many tools for them. Um, I know I know. Um, I spoke to Harrison um, a couple of days ago and he's not totally comfortable with, with, with the Demons. He's had only like two or three games with them. Interesting. So the reason that's probably the reason why I've not made England favourites. They're obviously last year's... They won it last year, I believe, didn't they? They yeah. did. They won both our Coventry team tournament so and the home, ITT last year. They got home advantage and they won the last two as well. But where where Alex is is playing an army that he wanted to play guard, but apparently they couldn't source the models in time, which is a little bit disappointing considering the, they're the biggest team in the country. You know, they're Team mm. England and they haven't got an Imperial Guard army to, to field. It's a little bit disappointed between all of them. And also interesting that both your uh, two out of your three top threes England and Dice Down are playing with a strong player who has not got a strong, well-practiced army to play with. So, you know, perhaps this brings those two guys at a level and you can both of those two to one odds. So, quick rundown again. We have our favourites, Poland with five to one, Dice Down and England both at two to one. Sorry, Poland five to four. Five to four. Five, big, five to four. Big, yeah. Poland five to four, Dice Down team England two to one, VT and Netherlands both at four to one. Warmasters at twelve to one, Mind Goblins at sixteen to one, and then you've given um, any other team odds of twenty to one. I'm going to quickly throw a wild card out there: the team that came second last year that are not in your lineup, Bog Squad. Now, Bog Squad is made up of a group of guys, I believe, from the London area. Um, I think a lot of them were were you know very well um, experienced in the competitive magic scene and transitioned over to 40k I believe around COVID time. We've got um, Callum playing Thousand Suns, Ethan with Orcs, Lewis with Necrons, Nicholas Eck the captain with Astro Militarum and Patrick with Iron Hands. So again a very strong lineup of factions, a team with a proven track record. Now you're giving them a twenty to one to win, but what would you give those as a bet for? Um, what's the correct terminology? One two, where they can place first or second, or what sort of odds are we looking and at? Each way, so so how an each way terms normally means is you 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 quarter the odds for the for the top three. Are you doing a third place as well? You are obviously, yeah. Yes, yeah, we always do third. Place. So what you could do is so you could do a a top three finish at a quarter the odds. So what you'd get you'd get five to one on them. So if you've done £10, you'd have to call it an each-way bet. So you do £10 on them to win, and you do £10 on them to place. So the place terms will be 5 to 1. 
So a ten pound well, bet on both good you'd players. Have to put, you'd have to sort of fight. You'd have to do it five pound each way if you're only willing to spend ten. Because when you right. place an each way bet, you have to put double down because you're about, it's, it's, it's technically two bets. Mm. So you have to bet on them to win it. Otherwise, you're not allowed to bet on them to just place, and you have to bet on them to place for the same amount. So a ten pound on place, and a ten pound on them to win. So if they won it, you would still get the two hundred and ten pounds for the win, and then you'd also get the five to one odds on the place. So you'd get two hundred and sixty pounds. Where if they, they come in the top second. three, if they come second or third, you'd get sixty pounds. All right. So that seems like an interesting bet. Imagine you know you've walked into your local favorite bookies in some point in the near future, and forty k has become a, a, a sport that is licensed for gambling. You have a hundred pounds in your pocket, and you can bet it in any three different combinations. George, how would you spend your hundred pounds? I would put the hundred pounds on Poland, all in one go. All in one go. Yep. I'm a bit of a gambler, but that's that's how I would do it. You know, I've, that's, that's how I would bet. Um, as an outside team, you know, I, I like all the teams that I mentioned, to be honest. Netherlands and Vanguard. I think Dice Down and England are, are the two teams that hold the least value because obviously the odds are so short. Mm. They've obviously got a good chance of winning it, but the odds are so short. Um, you're not going to get a lot in your return and you just can't call it. Between you know, um, between the two of them, to be honest, that's why they're the same same odds again, and there's no value in their price. If you if you're going for a favourite, I would go for Poland, personally. Okay. So we'll do a catch up uh, next weekend, obviously, to review how the ITT goes. If I was going to put my hundred pounds down, I think I would put uh, fifty on Poland to win, and then I would put the fifty split twenty five twenty five on Bog Squad each way. My my strategy there being Poland will probably win, and I'll make a little bit of cash or minimize my losses. And then you know if uh, Bog Squad do pretty well, you know they can top me back up. So I'm going. I'm hoping they would win. I would win the big bucks, but ultimately I'm sort of trying to mitigate my losses there. Well, my fifty case. pound on Vanguard and fifty pound on Netherlands wouldn't be terrible, to be honest. If you've done and you've got both of them teams, yeah, and one of them could overperform, I think. So, but yeah, All right. So we will catch back up with the results next weekend. And we will see which out of me and Big G has made the most money. And uh, we will catch you then. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, George. We we'll hope to get you back on a semi-regular basis whenever we do this segment. And uh, we hope everyone's enjoyed listening. This is obviously LGT launch week. And we have tickets going on sale on Friday at 2 p.m. So if you want to come to the biggest tournament in Europe and potentially the biggest 40K tournament in history, you'll be able to get your tickets then. And for anyone that's listened to this and wants to dabble in 40k team play, we also have the Birmingham team tournament coming up in May. Birmingham team tournament will be 500 players. So it will be the second largest team tournament in the world after Talavera in Spain. And uh, we hope to see you all there. George, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed listening. Thank you for tuning in to This Week in 40k. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to find out more about what we talked about today or to get in touch with us, be sure to visit our website at www.twi40k.com. We would also really appreciate it if you would help us spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and recommending us to all your gaming buddies. And of course, don't forget to subscribe for more great content from This Week in 40K. We'll be back next week with even more news, updates, and opinions from the world of Warhammer 40,000. 
Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>